Welcome to Be All You Are, a midlife awakening podcast. I'm your host, Kena Paranjape, the founder of All You Are, a women's lifestyle brand, an entrepreneur, writer, and mother. This podcast is all about stepping into all you are. It's about reconnecting to your inner voice so you can hear the whispers of your true desires and cultivate the courage to create the life that is meant for you. Your dreams are your soul's voice. They are worth your time and attention. Now head out on that solo walk or settle into a cozy spot with a favorite beverage and join me. I can't wait to meet you. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are on episode 18 of the podcast. Today, we have a special guest who I'm going to introduce to you shortly. But before I do, I wanted to share with you a thought that came up while I was coaching in one of my group programs in the last few weeks. And, you know, it's interesting because I think when we are on the cusp or being called to do something new, we often want certainty around it, right? There's so, there's this calling to go into the unknown, but then we want all the guardrails and the paths and the certainties of how we're going to get there. And that is what makes us human, right? Like we crave safety. But what is interesting on the other side of that is that We also crave adventure. And as part of adventure, there is a sense of uncertainty. There's a sense of not knowing. And that's what makes life exciting. So one of the things that we work on in my programs is establishing or strengthening the trust that we have in ourselves, our inner guidance system, our instincts, our intuition, and trusting, learning to trust that inner voice more so that we can get more uncomfortable with uncertainty. And one of the things that I shared last week was that when you trust yourself, you don't need it to all be clear. You don't need to know exactly how it's all going to go down because you can trust that you will ask for help when you need it. You'll ask for directions you will know when to push harder. You will know when to back off. If you lean into that trust, you know that you will get to your destination regardless of what path leads you there and that you don't need to know from this place, from this spot where you're standing right now, exactly what that looks like. So I wanted to share that with you as you head into your week. If there's something that is calling you forward, and perhaps you have some fear around it, I want to invite you to lean into trusting yourself as you go through that process. Okay, so I want to introduce you to today's guest. She is um, very well known in her space, absolutely. And it is Joy McCarthy, who is the creator of Joyous Health. Joy is an award-winning certified holistic nutritionist, She has a podcast of her own, and she's also the best-selling author of The Joyous Cookbook, Joyous Detox, and Joyous Health. And she also most recently has co-founded Hello Joyous, an organic and plant-based beauty brand with a mission to help people find more joy in the everyday. 
Joy has been featured in hundreds of publications, both online and in print, and is a regular health expert on TV. And she's really been in this space for a lot longer um, than a lot of, um, you know, new people in the space. She's really an established name. And she's also um, a voice that leads. And so I was excited to have a real conversation with her about her journey, about what led her to creating Joyous Health, what's coming up next for her. And she shares some really great tips and um, sort of like inside advice on how to live our lives with more joy and how to care for ourselves and how to take responsibility for our own health. So I think you're really going to love this conversation. Take a listen. Joy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my goodness. I have followed your journey for many years. Actually, I think I was just talking to my sister about when she had actually come and taken one of your live classes. Oh, cool. Way back in, I'm thinking like 2013, 2014. Okay. That sound about right? Yeah. Like like the yoga nutrition class? Yes. Was it that one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. taught that for like five years. Wow. Yeah. So well, my yeah, long time signed ago. up and came live and she, you know, kind of brought me into your world. And so wow, I've amazing. been following along ever since. Yeah. What's your and sister's you name? Her name's Renita. Shout okay. Out to her sister. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Shout yeah. out to your sis. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, I've just been amazed at not only the business that you've built and the impact that you're having, but the strength of your voice. I feel like oh, for you. me, that's what's um, sort of kept me in your world, in, you know, beyond all the amazing content and information is just this strength of voice in, you know, at a time when that can be kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we're going to actually touch on that a bit later, but I wanted to start by kind of going back to the beginning because I love origin stories. Like I love, mm. you know, what, what brought joy into creating this like empire and, and, um, and where did it all start? So if you could tell us um, about your journey to starting Joyous Health. Yeah, totally. So, you know, way back when I wasn't really thinking I was going to, you know, build this business and have like an online beauty brand and, you know, have this resource for people uh, to go and find recipes and health inspo. That was like never, that just like wasn't in my consciousness. Mm. It's kind of funny how things work themselves out. But I had a lot of um, health issues with my hormones when I was younger, in my teens and into my 20s. And that is actually what set me on a path of trying to figure things out because I, I had for many years been, you know, trying different medications and going from specialist to specialist. And I just wasn't getting any better. You know, I had hormonal imbalance. I had thinning hair. I had anxiety. I had digestive problems. Like the list goes on and on and on. Yet, like when you looked at my diet, it was like, how, how does this make sense? It's not like I'm eating junk food and garbage food and not taking care of my body. 
I felt like I was doing all these things right and all these specialists I was going to were just so perplexed. We don't know why this is happening to you. We just know what the blood work shows mm-hmm. and your hormones are imbalanced. So after a few years of going down this road of not getting anywhere, only getting sicker and just feeling, basically feeling like an it, I just decided that I had to try something else. I had to try a more natural, I needed to try something more natural Mm -hmm. because the conventional medicine wasn't helping me. And I'm not, you know, here to say that it's bad or that people shouldn't do that. I think it really depends what you're dealing with. But for chronic health issues, I feel that is where Western medicine is really failing people because it was failing me. And over the years, you know, I've been a nutritionist like 15 years now, I've seen it time and time again, um, that people are not getting better. Mm. So I kind of came to a fork in the road. There was a very distinct moment where I had to basically choose what if I was going to try something new or if I was just going to try a new prescription because I was offered a new prescription that was supposed to help balance my hormones. So, you know, this endocrinologist gave me this new medication and I, I took the prescription and then I, I just decided that night that I was like done. I was just done with it. I, I needed to like really, for me, it was always like root cause. Like what is the root cause of my health issues? Yeah. So this set me off on a path and then it took me about six months to start to see my hair, you know, grow back thick again. My hormones start to balance out. My anxiety significantly reduced. And my digestive problems of chronic bloating and constipation like vanished. So that was all from trial and error, doing different things with my own body, trying, you know, adding different foods in, removing different foods, trying natural health supplements, trying different forms of exercise, looking at my emotional well being. It wasn't like overnight. Yeah. You know, this took me half a year. So then, when I went back to the doctor six months later and had my blood work done, I knew, I knew that I was, I knew that I was better. And they were just like floored. They, my doctor, he just couldn't believe how, you know, he'd been working with me for years. I love my, my family doctor. He's retired now, but he was, he was really helpful, you know, getting me in with all these different specialists, but he was so shocked. He's like, how did you do this? And I said, I just kind of stopped, you know, trying to find what pill would be right to pop and like really took responsibility for my health. And that is why Joyous Health was born, because I was in a different career at the time. And I realized that there were so many other women who were suffering from hormonal imbalance and suffering from health issues, chronic health issues, and they weren't getting any better. So I knew that I needed to learn more. Because I couldn't just use my own story as my example to help people. I needed to learn more. So that's when I decided in my late 20s to go back to school to study nutrition. uh, And because I wanted to help more people. And that's when Joyous Health was born. Um, Basically in like 2008, 2009, around there is when I, you know, graduated and like hit the ground running. And I was just like, I need to tell as many people as possible, you know, the healing power of foods and how food, some foods can fuel inflammation and some can dampen and how certain types of exercise benefit us more at certain ages and stages in our life. So that's my long-winded answer to your question. No, not it's not long-winded at all. I mean, there's so many fascinating aspects of it. I mean, 
I think like it was sort of like an end of the rope story, right? Where you're sort of like, this isn't working and I'm not going to keep on this going on this path because it's clearly not working. And you gave it a more than a fair shot. Mm -hmm. And so you really turned inwards and said, and asked yourself, listening to that inner voice, what can I do here? Like what, where can I, like, where can I take control of my own situation? Um, I find that that's so hard for many of us to do, mm-hmm. and it often does doesn't happen until we're more of an end of the rope kind of situation. Yeah. Why do true. you think that is? Um, I think because when you're running out of choices, you're like, uh, okay, I don't have any other options. What else am I going to do? I think some people figure it out sooner. I think mm-hmm. so many people you know, will take three times as long because they're not, I think I, you know, what I've noticed with a lot of people over the years is that people need to just take time to be present and listen to their body because a lot of people still don't have that sort of body awareness of like, okay, how does this relationship make me feel? Is that relationship impacting my health? Are those foods impacting my health? Are those, um, is that form of exercise or lack of movement impacting my health? So I think that I think that for people trying to figure that out, I think journaling is a great way. Doing a food diary um, is a good way to kind of tap into that and really listen to your body. But I I feel like in 2023, I feel like people are so much more tapped in. I don't know. Maybe it's just my own bubble, but I feel like people are tapping in more. Like maybe if I was having these health issues now, maybe I... I would be tapped in sooner. I mean, I also, like I had another chronic health issue. I I healed my skin from rosacea, which I had for four years. Wow. And it just took me that long to kind of really get to the bottom of it and and figure it out. Yeah. But I had tapped, I had tapped into like root cause right away. Like I need to figure this out. But skin health, skin issues are very complicated. Mm. Um, you know, obviously any, any, uh, symptom we have is is a sign your body is telling you that something's off. So it doesn't necessarily mean that something is literally off with your skin. It can mean that something, you know, internal. So it can be a little bit more complex um, to figure out, but I figured yeah. it out. So yeah. Well, I do think that you're right, that there's so much more available to us. Like it, Like as you said, pre-2008, when you're experiencing all of this, there wasn't a lot of obvious obvious places to turn to get this no. kind of support. And now there is, which is great. But I do think that for a lot of women, I think the journey to get there is getting past the just relying on someone outside of you, mm-hmm. like kind of outsourcing your well-being to somebody else, you know? Yes. And, like and we do that by just relying on our doctor or whoever. And like they only know so much and they only, mm-hmm. you know – have so much capacity and they've been trained a certain way. And so, you know, you know, on this podcast and even in my programs, I just talk a lot about your own resourcefulness to get to get through mm, something I or like take on a challenge or whatever it is. And I feel like with our health, it's the same, right? We can we can often rely on someone else or there or then if it doesn't help us, we become a victim in the situation. Mm. Um, and I think that that's normal to go through those feelings. But then For sure. in the end, sort of taking accountability that I'm going to find the solution here for me, you know? Yeah, I can t- and I can totally relate to that because I felt like when my skin was at its worst, mm-hmm. it made me feel really depressed. Yeah. And I totally went into that victim mentality. Like I was always like, why me? 
Yeah. I'm a nutritionist. I'm doing all these things right. Like this is so unfair. Um, but I'm sure so many people go through that. Like, why me? Why, you know, why cancer? Why this? Why yeah, that? It always seems so, so unfair. But you, I, you know, I think, I think it's okay to like feel that though, like go through those motions. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to sit in that and stew exactly. in it for too exactly. long because it's not going to, it's really not going to serve you. That's right. You don't want to get stuck there. So true. Yeah. Um, okay. So 2008, you have this message that you wanted to get out to the world, to women especially. And you clearly have done that. But tell us, like, now it's we're in 2023. It's yep. been about 15 years. Um, what's the journey been like in terms of did you always have a big vision for what Joyous Health would be or did it evolve? Tell us about that. Yeah. So my vision has always been, it's never been like financial. I'm not, I don't have like a money brain. Mm-hmm. That's just not how my brain works. It's always been, I want to reach as many people as possible Mm -hmm. and empower them and educate them because joyous health has always been about education first. That's always been my mission. If I can teach someone, you know, why eating certain foods will help improve their digestion. If they know the why behind something, then they're so much more likely to do it. So I've always, that's always, so my mission has really been the the same since day one is really like first and foremost, education, yeah. like really educate people, inspire them and empower them to make the right choices for them without being like, I think there's a fine line between being like preachy mm-hmm. and like teaching people. I come from like a family of teachers. So I feel like even though I'm not a teacher, I feel like so much of what I do is like, yeah, guide and teach people. So it's always been my vision. And my husband was saying, cause he's my, he's my business partner now. He wasn't, we, it wasn't, we weren't partners when I first started Joyous Health. It was just me, but he was saying to me, we were just chatting a couple months ago about where we want our brand Hello Joyous to be. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, what is the number in your head? How much, how much money do you want to make? And I'm like, I don't know. I like, I haven't even like thought about that. I just don't even think about it that way, but I want 1 million people to be using our organic skincare. And he's like laughing at me. He's like, okay, Joy, like 1 million times this much. Okay, you want to make like an $85 million company? I'm like, well, I guess so. I guess I do. Exactly. It's like, I want to impact 1 million people. You go do the math. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty much how it works. I'm like, Walker, you you figure it out. (laughs) I love it. No, that's so good. Okay, so you just kind of are leading me to my next question, which is, you know, you are, you're, you're driven by your mission, clearly. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And you could see that through your content and everything, but you are also building a business. Like this is your business um, and, you know, it's very uh, values driven, but in building a business, we learn so much. And I always mm-hmm. say that... Um, when you choose to be an entrepreneur, you're basically hopping on a personal growth rocket ship because it literally forces you to face your limiting beliefs and your, um, you know, your mm-hmm. self image. And you kind of have to constantly be upgrading in order to meet the challenges of your business, right? Like you can sure. stay where you are. Um, and so I feel like we learn so many powerful lessons on the road to entrepreneurship or the entrepreneurship yes. road. And I wanted to ask you, what is a powerful lesson that you learned the hard way? 
Uh, so there's so many of them. There's been lots of ups and downs with entrepreneurship. I would say one of the most powerful lessons is that you can't do everything yourself and that's okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes, especially as like a mom, you know, there's this sort of do all can do attitude and mm -hmm. you don't have to be able to, no, no, you don't have to do it all. Mm -hmm. It's okay to ask for help. And, you know, there's been many times I would say earlier on, and I still catch myself like trying, trying to do too much and saying yes too often. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten a lot better at that. Um, as I've gotten older, you know, the pandemic was, um, actually in a way it was good because it helped me slow down because I was doing so many speaking engagements mm -hmm. and then just like everybody else, like 2020, like just like stopped, like I wasn't doing anything public anymore but it was actually kind of a good thing mm -hmm. because I was always so used to like going out and doing talks and being so like high cortisol, like mm -hmm. doing a public lecture, doing a talk. And it's just always like so intense. Like I enjoyed it. Yes. But it was nice to like, just like have that calm and that peace. But back to answering your question, it's really like, you know, you don't have to do everything yourself. You don't have to say yes to everything and getting help is a good thing. Yeah, I love that. Can you tell us about how you've asked for help? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many different times. Like, for example, and I, I, I like this question because I think I assume you have like a lot of entrepreneurs listening to your podcast or people just starting out their business. And I, I think a good piece of advice that someone gave me that I often like to share is that, you know, do the things that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. And when you have a bit of a budget, hire someone to do the things that you really suck at. Mm -hmm. Like, don't try and be a graphic designer. <laughs> you know, if you're not a numbers person like Joy McCarthy, mm -hmm. hire a bookkeeper or yeah. an accountant. You know, there's ways you can do these things affordably. There's different loans you can get. There's grants from the government. There's always ways to find money. And if you really don't have money, hire a student who needs some co-op hours to be your graphic designer. Mm -hmm. no, so I, I just... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say like one compliment that people always gave me over the years, especially in the early years, was I love your branding. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Well, I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> that's because I, people will always be like, oh my gosh, it's so professional. And I'd be like, well, yeah, I should hope so. Like I paid someone to do it for me. Yeah. And I think, you know, having that level of professionalism in your business is really important because then people see you as being credible yes. and a trusted source. And, you know, I didn't just like draw this on a piece of paper and scan it into my computer. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think that I think that's important to like, you know, hire people when you can yeah. assessing, you know, the budget. Um, and, you know, not trying to do everything yourself. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. Like my listeners are definitely entrepreneurs. There's also a lot of, you know, kind of working women. Mm -hmm. And even for right. them, it's the same idea, right? That like, instead of like packing your days so that you have not a moment to yourself, mm -hmm. looking at your time as your most valuable resource and, and similarly saying like, what can I outsource here? Or what can I make yes. simpler? You know, like there was a mom, I worked with a mom who was, had been at home with her kids for 10 years, right? So she had taken on the role of being a mom mm. as, you know, I must be the best mom. So meaning mm. 
elaborately made meals every night, you know, <laughs> and constantly running to the grocery store for that ingredient that I was missing and that sort of thing. And she kept saying, I don't have time. She was wanting to start a new business. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. And I was like, let's look at how you're currently spending your time. Let's like, let's look at where you could actually take something off your plate. Do your, you know, old kids who are over 10, do they need to be driven to school every day? Can they walk to school? Oh yeah, actually they can. Do I need to make an elaborate dinner every single night? Could I just not like throw something together, you know? Um, But it's, so it's funny that we kind of like, we sort of feel like we need to do it all. And Mm -hmm. as soon as we realize that there are ways to take things off our plate, it just creates this spaciousness, right? And allows totally. you to go. Like on like grocery shop, like online grocery shopping. Yes. I'm a huge fan now. Oh my exactly. God, it saves me so much time. Prior to 2020, I would never have someone else shop for my groceries. Yes. Like there's still, I still go to the grocery store, but like, you know, every two weeks I will do like one big order and then it's just like, it's that, it's, that's like an hour and a half Yes, that I just got to myself and yeah. maybe I'm not going to do anything yes. with that an hour, hour and a half. Day. You needed that hour and a half to not do anything. Yeah. That's exactly right. I'm with you. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> um, okay. So one of the reasons I mentioned this at the beginning of our, of our chat is that I feel particularly connected to you is because of your openness to be curious and ask questions, right? And mm. this is a, some you've always been this way, right? But obviously, in the last few world, of, yes, last few years, the world has changed, and it can sometimes be quite difficult to even ask a question. Like even mm. asking a question can put you on like yes. some like the wrong side of things, right? Totally. And and it's like. To me, from the beginning, it has always felt icky. I'm like, this all feels icky to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, why do word. I feel like, <laughs> I just feel like it makes my skin crawl, you know, but yeah. we can't ask a question. So I wanted to ask you, because you have a platform and a big audience, how did you um, find the courage to continue using your voice? Yeah, so... To your point, like, I think it's always good to be curious and ask questions. And I wanted to continue, and still to this day, I continue to use my voice because I know that a lot of people really trust um, in what I have to say and what I share. So I always want to make sure that I share the things that I know people feel confused about Mm -hmm. or unsure about. That being said, there are some things that I am careful about sharing because you know what? People trust, my community trusts so much in what I say that a lot of times they won't do their own research. Mm -hmm. And I really want to make sure with every topic that is confusing or there's some sort of uncertainty around it, I'm happy to present my position, but I also always tell people like, don't trust what I say. Don't do what I do. Go figure it out for yourself. Yes. So there's sometimes so there's some things I've been more discerning with over right. the years yeah. because I I feel that so it's like a fine line like I feel like it's important to share my voice but at the same time I'm discerning with it as well because I don't want people to make decisions just based on what I'm yes what I'm saying yes because I really like I I really don't want people to decide on important things to do with their health or their money or I don't know. I could think of a million other examples without really 
doing all the research themselves and listening to different experts and you know all something that I always do and people people might not know this about me because they might think I'm like you know very firm about certain things I always when there's an important decision to be made or there's something that feels like confusing to me I always like look at what are both sides yes. Like, and my husband Walker really helps me do that. I don't know if it's because he's a Gemini, but he always sees both sides of the story. Yes. And he's really taught me. That's something I've learned from Walker. He's really taught me to always, to always look at both sides of the story because somewhere in the murky middle, I'm often in the murky middle in so many different hotbed issues. I'm often in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people put me on the camp of one side. They just mm-hmm. assume, mm-hmm. but I'm actually not because I think it's always good to, to, I don't, I like being in the murky be- middle. I mean, there's not as many people with me there, but well, that's okay. Joy, I actually think there are more people in the murky middle than we realize. It's just, they're not as loud as the people uh, on the opposite ends. You're so right. <laughs> they're sitting yeah. quietly being like, mm, I don't if I agree with that. And I don't know. I feel like it's kind of somewhere in the middle and and they don't say anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. That's so true. But I love that the idea of what you're saying is that you share your voice, but you share it responsibly. Like you don't want it to be sort of like a, hey, I've got it all down pat here following what I'm saying. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And also I don't have it all figured out. So if someone's watching this and is like, Joy has it all figured out. No. Yeah. No, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Exactly. But what I don't know, I do my best. Like I really spend a lot of time when there's, uh, you know, something that I need to figure out. Yes. I spend a lot of time researching. I don't just, I don't just decide on a whim based on some TikTok video I watched. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm really, I am not easily, I guess that's another thing about me. I'm not easily convinced. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you really have to, if you tell me something that I think is outrageous, I'm not just going to like turn a blind eye to what you say, but I have to be, you know, I really have to like dive into it myself and like yeah. learn about it myself. Yeah. To, well, it's really, form- I think how we all should be, you know, mm-hmm. and I think maybe in the age of social media, it is maybe drawn out the side of us that just wants the answer in a second when yes. really that the answer can't be found in a second. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that makes complete sense to me. Um, one of the things that I have even kind of drawn from this conversation so far is that you have learned to really connect to your inner voice. And I I talked to a lot of women about how through the years, you know, through schooling and our parents' expectations and then keeping up with the Joneses and social media that we those voices are all very loud and mm-hmm. our own voice is a whisper. And so if we don't as you said, stop and listen to ourselves. We're just this this barrage of voices coming into us and we lose we lose that connection to ourselves. So one of the things that I work on is how to reconnect to that inner voice, to your, in, your own intuition, to your own knowing. And I wondered for you, how do you do that? Like, so what are some of the practices that you um, use to connect to that voice. Yeah. So that's really important to me to connect to that voice. Mm -hmm. Um, and my favorite, my most favorite thing to do is to get outside in nature and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Um, I love walking is my absolute 
favorite form of exercise. I feel that walking is very, very meditative. I feel like that's when my best ideas come to me. It's good for my body. It's good for my mind. So I find that like that is something that I really, I make time for. Uh, and you know, a lot of people say, I don't have time. Well, you just, you just figure out life. I'm sure you, when you work with your, your clients, it sounds like you do coaching. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what, yeah, you yeah. coach women. Group, group coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just about like finding that time. I just, it's like one of my non, like I have certain non-negotiables and like for me getting outside and getting my nature vitamin is a non-negotiable for me to be happy. Like I get grumpy and just like not feeling good in my body if I don't have that time where I can just be present. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it, my walk is listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's just I don't want any noise at all. Mm-hmm. I just want to go for a walk. And if I don't have a lot of time, sometimes it's only 20 minutes. If I have more time, sometimes it's an hour. But that's really important for me. And and then the other the other place that I, I feel like I can conduct, connect with my inner voice is when I'm having a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just feel, you know, like as a mom and like, you know, in a busy life, like that's like just a time like to myself. Totally. Yeah. And I spend a little bit more time in there. Um, <laughs> you know, some people I, I don't wash. I only wash my hair like every four or five days. So that's when I take the longest shower. And it's just like, it's just like having that like quiet time to mm-hmm. yourself. It's really all about quiet time for me. That's how I I connect with my inner voice. I love that. And I I agree with you. Walking is so nourishing and restorative and it is truly meditative. I agree. Mm -hmm. I feel like in some of the hardest times in my life, I've almost naturally turned to walking. And and when I look back, I'm like, wow, I walked a lot during that time. And and yeah, looking back, I understand why because it helped me so much through it. Totally. Yeah, so good. Um. So speaking of intuition, can you think of a time where you made a decision solely on intuition? Like I find it so fascinating because, you know, we're very like, we can be very analytical. We can do the pros and cons. Us. We're like all up in our heads. Totally, totally. But then sometimes when you just say like, what do I feel is right here, right? That can sometimes point you in the exact right direction. You don't need mm-hmm. any of the rest of it. So I'm curious if you can think about a time where you made a decision. Yes, there are so many examples why don't I use a personal example mm-hmm. instead of business for a moment? Mm-hmm. So when I met my husband Walker, it was 13 years ago, and I was walking along Spadina Avenue, which is a very busy street mm-hmm. in Toronto, and I came across this sandwich board sign that it was a sign for a personal training studio. This was earlier on in my career, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, hmm, you know what? I should just like I should reach out to them. And I should ask them if they have a nutritionist that they refer to. This is totally out of character for me. Like I'm just, this is not something I would normally do. So I had my, I have my cell phone with me. So I like called up the number <laughs> and I looked up because I could see the, the, the training studio there. And I'm like, hi, can I speak with the owner? And then of course I explained who I was and I said, you know, I'm a nutritionist in the area And I was wondering if you collaborate with any nutritionists, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, no, actually, it's really funny because the nutritionist I was referring to, she actually just quit because she's moving out west. So I was like, oh, perfect timing. So he's like, you know, let's meet. So then we met like a week later 
And it was just so so the first step was the intuition of like I'm going to call I'm going to yes. call why not like I wouldn't normally but okay something's driving me to like call and say do you have a nutritionist on staff so obviously we started working together um and he was referring clients to me which was great but the interesting thing was when I met Walker that's my now husband mm-hmm. at the time we were both in separate relationships mm-hmm. but the interesting thing was when I met him I felt like I had known him forever and I wasn't immediately just like he's super hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't like my first thought even though I was like wow like his eyes are so dreamy. Mm-hmm. But it was so I I listened to my intuition because I was like why why do I feel like I've known this person forever and then I met his aunt who I worked with as a nutritionist and I also felt like I had known her forever and then I had this thought of I'm going to know these these people forever and I don't know why wow so the crazy thing is it's like and Walker and I often joke that we have been together in past lives and this yeah. is why we feel like we immediately had a connection but had I been had I had my backup because I was in another relationship, which I wasn't really, it wasn't the one for me mm-hmm. and it wasn't the one for him. But I think had I been like so not open to my intuition and again, it comes down to discernment too, because, <laughs> you know, when you're married, you don't want to just be yeah, like, yeah, oh, totally. I connect with that guy because he has dreamy eyes. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Like discerning that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I just feel like if I, if I wasn't, so aware of that, mm. then I feel like I'd be in a very different place. Like maybe I would have never, you know, reached out to that personal training studio and, and joyous hell and our beauty brand, hello joyous would, would be so different yeah. if it wasn't for that change in the direction of meeting someone who later became my business partner. Like it just wouldn't, it, things would be so different. It's mm. really amazing. Oh my gosh, I love that story so much. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad you shared it and it's like you were being led, you know, to get that yes. nudge to like totally you know, to like look at the sign and to make connect all those dots. It's almost like something was leading you there, which is Oh, like, 100%. Yes, like I believe, that. yeah, I believe the universe mm-hmm. was like nudging me mm-hmm. 100 million percent. Like yeah. all this yes, I believe in all that stuff. <laughs> That's incredible. I love it. That's a great story. Um, so, you know, we, as moms and entrepreneurs and busy women, you, we all have a lot on our plate, right? And sometimes our energy can easily kind of shift into that like frantic place, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're like either feeling frantic or we're feeling, um, caught up in some negative thoughts. Like, you know, you wake up and the day doesn't start the way you want it to. And it's easy to get, get caught up with that. So I was wondering for you, what are some of the things that you do to shift to feeling good, to shift to making things easier? Because I think, you know, that is a choice that we have, right? Like we can get caught up into something and that's normal. It happens. And we can like let the whole day spin out or we can stop and say, what can I do right now to mm-hmm. like just shift my energy enough so that I don't feel like I'm dragging myself through this day? Yeah, you no, know? totally. What are some of the things that you do and might recommend? 
Yeah, so there's a couple things. So I guess it depends also like how extreme of stress I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't I share like when I'm just feeling like overwhelmed and then when I'm like, whoa, like things are like really out of hand, what, yeah. what I kind of do to help myself. So, you know, simple things like just I step away from my desk mm-hmm. and I go, we were, I work from home now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just go downstairs to the kitchen and I make a tea and I do something totally unrelated mm-hmm. uh, to what it is that is making me feel frenetic or, or stressed out. Another thing that really helps me and it's so simple is I just listen. I have a playlist on Spotify that I just call high vibes mm-hmm. and I just will like listen to my high vibe playlist and I I've always loved music so much and I feel like it can really affect my mood Mm -hmm. so I'll put on that high vibe playlist and it really helps me feel a lot better Mm -hmm. because you can't always rely on you know I think it's important to have support of your family and friends but I also think that we need to take personal responsibility to get ourselves out of a funk mm-hmm. and not always put it on other people. I think it's easy like to put it on your spouse. Yeah. Like, ah, make me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't, you know, we don't necessarily literally say that, but I think, you know, we we rely on other people to help us get us out of our funk. And I feel like there's little things that that we can do. And then when I feel like, really, because I do, you know, anxiety is something that I for sure manage. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I'm feeling like really stressed and like really anxious and like not able to focus and I'm like, oh my God, I have to be able to sleep tonight. I can't be feeling this anxious. I really love like CBD gummies. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not against having like a little bit of THC Mm -hmm. in those gummies. Mm -hmm. That just helps me for me. And it's something I might like have one like once a month. Or yeah. twice a month. It's yeah. not something I'm doing every night, but it just like takes the edge off because mm-hmm. I don't drink alcohol. I'm a mm-hmm. non-drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for a lot of people, they'll say, you know, that helps them take the edge off. So for me, when I just feel like really um, stressed and for me, I just have to be able to sleep, I I find that's helpful. And then different herbal teas. I already mentioned like, I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing and go make a tea, but mm-hmm. I'm a really big fan of, you know, really good quality teas that can help to support your nervous system. Maybe Joy, you could share the links afterwards and I can include them in the show notes if there's like specific teas that you would recommend. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then is your playlist public or is it? I don't even know if it is. I don't know. I have no idea. I bet if you search high vibes, you're going to come up with like 50,000 different ones. Oh yeah, I have a high vibes playlist too. But maybe we I'm can- happy to share it if I can figure out how to do that. Okay, so we'll do a follow up and see if you have it public. And if you do, maybe yeah. we can share the link to that too, because that could yeah, be yeah, totally. One. I'm happy to share it. Okay, awesome. People are going to judge me by my cheesy pop songs, <laughs> but <laughs> no, they won't. Believe me. Every time I thought like, oh, this friend is so cool, like she's going to have like a list that <laughs> like I'll be embarrassed of mine, and then I look at hers and I'm like, eh, no, not really. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same place. Um. So we are both in our 40s and, you know, so have gone through like this journey side by side in many ways. Um, And, you know, I find it like such an enriching time in so many ways and also Mm -hmm. a challenging time because of just like changes that our bodies are starting to go through and for some of us further along than others. Um, I wanted to ask how you are experiencing life in your 40s. Yeah, I love being 40. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, and I shout out to my mom here mm. because I feel like 
that has a lot to do when growing up, my mom never cared about age. Mm-hmm. And it was never a thing for her. And she never, ever said stuff like, oh, I feel like I'm getting old. Do I look old? Do I look good? Like, And I remember so distinctly when my mom turned 40, it was like the biggest celebration because it was like, yes, I've made it to my 40s. So I feel like in my 40s, I feel just so much more comfortable in my skin than I felt in my 30s. Mm. I think that's definitely like an age thing. Uh, I feel, I, I know, I know what I want. I know what makes me feel good. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I just love being 40. Yes. Navigating the hormones, <laughs> perimenopause, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, you know, is always on my mind. And there's, well, I shouldn't say always on my mind, but what I mean by that is I, you know, have, have different habits in place that helps to support my mm-hmm. hormones. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like totally crazy when I'm going through this time frame. So, you know, it's different. It's different in my 40s. Like my nutrition and my movement are different than in my 30s. And that's one thing that has changed and evolved being in my 40s. You know, you really used to love running in my early 30s. Like I have absolutely no desire to run anywhere. No, thank you. (laughs) Only if like a tiger was chasing chasing you. Right. Yeah. No, I have no desire to run. It doesn't feel good in my body. I would much rather lift weights, do yoga, go for a walk. uh, And I have zero guilt about that. Yeah. No, it's so good. And that was one of the next questions I wanted to ask you. um, And you just alluded to, which is great. And that is what are some of some health tips that you would give to women who are in this perimenopausal slash menopausal stage. Yeah. So it's very natural to have like sugar and carb cravings because we're, our blood sugar metabolism is, goes a little haywire Mm -hmm. when we're going through, um, hormonal changes and what we eat impacts our hormones. So I, I think one of the most important things to do through perimenopause and through menopause is really limit refined sugars and refined carbohydrates, you know, have it as a treat. If you want to have, you know, a bowl of pasta because you're going out for dinner to a fabulous Italian restaurant, have it. But on the everyday, have your good health habits, really keep your blood sugar as stable as possible because this will really help you sail through Mm -hmm. perimenopause without all of those crazy sugar cravings. Because a lot of women put fat on around their belly from eating such an excess of sugar And it's not just about, you know, so many women will complain about the weight gain during perimenopause and menopause Mm -hmm. as it being uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I think what's really key is really getting down to like, okay, how can you better balance your blood sugar so you don't have those cravings? Yes, you should be feel comfortable in your body. And I'm all about body positivity. But if you're not feeling comfortable in your body, then, you know, there's, there's definitely things that you can do. So protein and fat Mm -hmm. at every single meal and snack is so key to help balance blood sugar and help to balance out. So you don't have those dips. So you don't have that mid, if you have that mid afternoon dip, when you feel like you want caffeine or you want sugar, that's because your blood sugar is dropping low Mm -hmm. and you're craving your body's very smart is craving something that can be converted into a quick source of glucose. So, you know, it's not the best time to eat like chips or cookies or muffins because it's just it unfortunately it creates this yo-yoing blood sugar 
So if you have, like for lunch today, I made eggs, I made an omelet, and then I had a big, beautiful salad with like a bunch of herbs from my garden and some broccoli sprouts. Broccoli microgreens are amazing for helping your body detox excess hormones. And I felt, even though it may not sound very exciting to someone, the protein, the fat, the healthy carbs, you know, all I put sea salt, olive oil, some balsamic on the salad, and it was just so fulfilling. I felt so... I felt really good. So balanced blood sugar is key. Okay. Oh, that's so good. I mean, I'm listening. I'm like, what is she saying? <laughs> I'm absorbing it all. No, <laughs> it's so good. Thank you. That's that's so helpful. Um, Joy, what is next for you and Joyous Health and your beauty brand and all of it? Like, where do you sort of um, dream of this going? Yeah. So with Joyous Health, so now it's almost like I have like two separate brands. I actually see them as two separate entities now. It's not sort of like one in the same thing, Mm -hmm. but with Joyous Health. So as you know, that's like my content hub where I share all my recipes and healthy living tips. I want to just keep growing that. So I'm going to keep putting energy and keep creating content, whether sharing it on Instagram, sharing it on my blog. And I just want to continue on. I don't have like a mega goal for Joyous Health other than I want to just keep putting energy into it because I know that people are benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Hello Joyous, you already know that I want 1 million people using yeah, yeah. our organic skincare. So I'm really, you know, a switch that we made this year was we've always been direct to consumer mm-hmm. with our brand. Uh, and so just selling online. Mm-hmm. So this year, a big change for change for us. And this was because customers kept asking, they want to buy, they want to go somewhere they can buy it in person. Yes. So we really like shifted gears on that. And, you know, I have learned how to become a salesperson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's been an interesting thing for me, but I have to say, I like really like it. I feel like it's just all about like building relationships. That's right. Just and go- also believing in your product, right? Which, yes, already which is do. already done. Exactly. Like check done. Easy exactly. for me. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've learned a lot like about sales, like how, you know, it's just about building a relationship, having a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because the different like retailers and store owners that I've met with so far, hardly anyone actually asks me any questions about the products. <laughs> it's more I go in there and I'm like learning about them and their store and what their needs are. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's been, it's been an interesting journey. I don't just go in there and like blab my mouth off, like why you're going to love Hello Joyous. Mm -hmm. You know, I get, I get, I get to know them and like what their needs are. So I'm still really learning. Um, but I, I'm actually really enjoying it. It's, it's like such a different thing for me, but I just go in, I be myself and then we'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You see, you're always like embracing new challenges. That's the thing. And I think that's also, you know, a tip for any of us who are, you know, approaching midlife or in midlife is just to never stop challenging yourself and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And it sounds like you continue to do that. (laughs) So um, this podcast, as you know, is called Be All You Are. And so one of the questions that I ask all of our guests is, what do you think it means to be all you are? Um, I think to be all you are is really about like tapping into your own inner voice and just being, being true to yourself. 
Uh, because when you are true to yourself, you always feel like very grounded and very centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're not being true to yourself, that's when you can feel overwhelmed and stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just staying true to yourself uh, will help you feel like you're on firm ground. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It's so true. And it it seems like in some ways a simple answer because – what I think a lot of us grapple with is there's being true to ourselves and then there's all the fears that like lie behind that, right? Like there's mm-hmm. the fears that lie behind what being true to ourselves means, right? Yes. And yes. what I've learned is that we can feel the fear, but we have to lead ourselves so that like our higher self, the one who knows what is true for us, mm-hmm. that self has to lead through the fear, you know, right. and, and not let the fear take the lead. And I think mm-hmm. that's like such an important thing because whenever we are at a point where we're wanting to be true to ourselves and we're finding ourselves choosing otherwise, it's like an opportunity to say, am I letting my fear take the lead here? You know, like mm-hmm. who's in the driver's seat? Is it is it me? Is it my higher self or is it my fear? Um, and so I love that answer so much. Yeah, and I appreciate what you said because I feel it can be easy to get stuck in letting like fear decide, make your decisions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that a lot, yeah, it's it's easy, easy to fall into that trap. But I think having awareness of that mm-hmm. is is really key. And then coming back to like, you know, asking questions and doing research and really getting to know, really, really get to know what are you afraid of? Yeah. It's probably not actually that scary. It's just that you don't understand it. Yes. And once you understand something you're afraid of, then it's actually no longer scary. Yeah, that's very true also. Absolutely. Thank you, Joy, so much. I love this conversation. Me too. Yeah, this was lots of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I hope you'll come back another time to chat more. And I look forward to watching what you do next. And as you, you know, reach those 1 million customers and and people with your with your brand and I'm going to include all of your links in the show notes so that you can follow Joy and you can keep up with all the amazing things she's doing thank you Joy thank you for having me didn't you just love that conversation I'm going to leave all of Joy's links to her website to follow her on Instagram in the show notes so you can check that out Before I say bye until next week, I wanted to let you know that I've been working hard on the next iteration of my group program for women, Be All You Are. And I'm calling it Be All You Are 2.0 because I've learned a lot from hosting four groups of women through this program. And I've learned from each and every one of them and have now elevated it, elevated the experience, enriched the experience, and I'm really excited to launch it into the world. We will be starting again towards the end of August. Um, If you are interested in getting on the wait list to learn more about that program, which is all about stepping into all you are, you can reach out to me on Instagram. We should definitely be friends there if we aren't already. Kana underscore all you are. Or you can send me a note via allur.ca. There's a contact form and you can reach me that way as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would 
share it with your friends on social media or just text it to a friend. Um, Also, if you would leave a review and rate the podcast, it helps the algorithm to recommend it to more people. And I appreciate you so much and I'm here for you. And if there's anything that you want me to talk about that's that's on your mind, please do reach out. I would love to plan episodes around what is in your heart and on your mind. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found inspiration and use this podcast to start stepping into all you are. To hear more about the podcast, follow me over on Instagram at Kana underscore all you are. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Until next time, remember to keep exploring what it means to be all you are.